Good morning, everyone. How y'all doing? You there? <laughs> well, this is BGMC Sunday. As you can see, the kids are up here with the buckets. And um, today they're going to be learning about Ethiopia, which is East Africa in what they call the Horn of uh, Africa. And um, it used to be that the Christians had to meet in private and secretly, but nowadays they can worship openly, praise the Lord. There is a lot of Muslims still in Ethiopia, but um, it has gotten where they are allowed to worship as they please, so that's a wonderful thing. There are three aging missionaries there. There's 308 churches and one Bible school and thousands of street kids there. So there's a lot of street ministry going on. But one of the big things there is the Bible school because there, as well as in a lot of the rest of Africa, there are so many people coming to Christ and there's not enough churches and pastors. So they're trying to train pastors as fast as they can. And so um, in the Africa region, they choose to use the largest portion of their BGMC funds for Africa's hope, which is paying for educating the pastors at the Bible schools. They're growing at such a fast rate that there's more churches than there are pastors. So they're meeting and they're, but you know, they, they need help. And with the pastors, you, do we understand that? Although we are very blessed to have an interim pastor, but can you imagine if we didn't, you know, how much harder that would be? And so um, we can really be praying for them. We also spend, they also spend a lot of money for water wells and the AIDS crisis because um, it's the part of Africa where AIDS is very um, predominant. And so there's a, a lot of funds for that and for fire Bibles and printing of materials for the Bible schools, as well as outreach to the kids in the street. So we're going to pray, and then we'll let y'all come up and put your change and bills, whatever you want in the for to help with our BGMC. And don't forget, it is Mission Sunday, and when they do the offering, you can put in for our missions where we partner with missionaries all over the world, including here locally as well as around the world, and to help them reach the lost for Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to partner with you, Lord, to reach the lost all around the world, to reach those people in Ethiopia, Lord, or India, or El Salvador, or Mexico, or China, wherever people are that need to hear about Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that even if we can't go, we can send the money. We can put the money in, Lord, into the offerings, Lord, not just in BGMC, but in the regular offering for missions, Lord, that your people who you have called to those places can go because we're partnering with them, Lord, and we'll be part of that great end-time harvest. We thank you for the opportunity to give, Lord, into your kingdom, into your work. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all come.
Amen. Thank you for giving to BGMC this morning. That's a wonderful cause. It goes all over the world because of what we give, our little change here. Amen. Praise God that he does that. Amen. Hey, stand with us this morning. We're going to begin our service. I want to welcome you. We're glad you're here this morning. If you're a visitor this morning, we're glad to have you. We want you just to enter in with us as we worship the Lord this morning. And, and, and we're going to look to his word in a little bit. And I believe God's going to move. I believe he's going to do great things this morning. Amen. I said, I believe God's going to do great things this morning because he's a great God. Amen. Amen. Let's just worship him this morning. Let's, let's just enter in this morning to worship. Father, we love you. Lord, we just praise you this morning. We glorify you, God, as we come into your house, Lord, as we come into your presence. God, we, we believe that you're going to move. We believe great things are going to happen. We believe because you're faithful and you're just, Lord, to do those things. Your word says you will, and we stand on that promise, God. And this morning, we just worship you. We just love you. We glorify you. We exalt you this morning because you're worthy of all our praise, God, because you're so wonderful. And Lord, we love love you this morning. We love you so much because you first loved us and we give you glory in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Y'all stay on your feet. We're going to go straight into worship. And if you're not awake, we're hoping you will be in a minute. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to come into your house one more time, God, and to praise your holy name, Father. Have your way in this service, God. Come on and give the Lord the highest praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on and give the Lord the highest praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And praise His holy name. And praise His holy name. Come on and give the Lord the highest praise. me when I think of his goodness how is that me free I can shout 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 all night all night and when I think of his goodness what is done for me when I think of his goodness how is that me free I can dance 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 all night all night and when I think of his goodness what is done for me when I think of his goodness Set me free, I can praise, 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 praise all night, all night. Come on and give the Lord the highest praise, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on and give the Lord the highest praise, hallelujah, hallelujah. And praise His holy name. And praise His holy for me when I think of his goodness how he set me free I can shout 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 all night all night and when I think of his goodness what he's done for me when I think of his goodness how he set me free I can dance 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 all night all night and when I think of his goodness what he's done for me when I think of his goodness 
with your presence, Lord. Fill this place, God, with your presence, Lord, as we move through this. There is a light that burns in the darkness. There is a hope that washes the fear away. There is a peace that settles around us. It is your love that sets our hearts ablaze. Y'all sing that with me. There's a there is a light that burns in the darkness. There is a hope that washes the fear away. There is a peace that settles around us. It is your love that sets our hearts ablaze. And Father, we're on our knees with every heartbeat. We bring you this offering. Lord, come and fill this place. Father, we're crying. There is a mercy strong enough to save. We feel it rising up from the ashes. It is your love that overcame the grave. Oh, it is your love. It is your love that overcame the grave. Father, we Oh, hey. 
first line it says I'm gonna sing till my heart starts changing and I'm gonna worship till I mean every word and there are a lot of days me personally I just don't feel like it I got too much going on I'm busy carrying too much worry and I just don't want to praise or things go wrong up here and our sound system goes bad and discouraging, very distracting. But once you start praising a little bit, and praising a little bit more, and just let yourself open to the Holy Spirit. Because in those distractions are where God wants to speak to us. So Father, this morning we just ask that you would just speak to us. Just one-on-one, God, on our level. Father, help us to be more respondent to your voice, God. 
more observant, God, to your presence, more receptive, God, of your direction, Father. Jesus, we worship you this morning. Oh, you are worthy. And I'm going to sing till my heart starts changing. Oh, I'm going to worship till I mean every word. Because the way I feel and the fear I'm facing doesn't change who you are or what you deserve. Yes, Lord, I give you my worship, for you still deserve it. Blessing and break and you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy of my soul. I'm going to preach to my soul that you've already won. And even if I can't see it, I'm going to keep believing that every promise you
deserve the glory. Sing it one more time. You're worthy of it all. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For from the beginning, thank you, Jesus. I have had you in mind. Praise you, Lord. You just from you are all. Go over this lightly. To you are When I created all thank things, you. praise you. I knew what would happen today in your life. <laughs> Hallelujah. I know what will happen a thousand years from now should I carry my son's return. Huh. I have it Thank all under my Praise control. You. Praise you, Lord. Nothing happens without Praise my permission. Nothing occurs that I do not allow. Thank you, Lord. I am God. Make no mistake about this. If you will follow me, if you will hear my voice and obey me, even in the smallest details that may seem to you to be insignificant, Thank you. I'm working my will in your life. Thank you. I'm taking care of you. Praise I'm healing you. Praise I'm delivering you. Thank I'm you. making a way for you as I have always done. Thank you. And nothing stands in my way when I declare it to be done. It is done. Thank you, Lord. When my son on the cross said Thank it you, is finished, trust me that it was completely, totally finished. Amen. And it was finished perfectly. Thank you, Lord. Nothing lacking. Nothing else needed to Praise be done. Him. Praise the Lord. It was done. It was taken care Thank of. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. When you walk by faith, you walk Poor believing Lord. that the things you do not see are already done. They're already taken care of. They're already resolved. So fear not, for I am God. Thank you, Lord. Walk with me, and I will guide you, and I will bless you. And I will show myself mighty in your behalf because I take great delight in doing so. Praise the Lord. Understand that Amen. and trust me Amen. that I 
am God, and what I have said will happen, will happen, and it will happen just like I said it would. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. I, I want us to lift up our hands and let's just praise the Lord who just who just ministered to us with that with that word of encouragement. Lord, we just lift up our hands and say, You are worthy of it all. Just as we were singing, Lord, from the bottom of our heart. We want you to hear our voice say it, Lord. We want you to hear it from each and every one of us, Lord, for every single person that hath breath should praise the Lord. And we praise you, Lord, that you that you love us like you just described, that you know the details of our lives, that you're working your will out for us. Nothing could be better than for you to do that, Lord. Thank you for that edification, that encouragement to build us up with your word this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for being the God who loves us so, so infinitely, so indescribably that you would put your son on the cross so that our sin debt would be paid. Thank you, Lord, that you raised him from the dead so we'd have a living Savior, a resurrected Savior, a living Lord to guide us through our days and our nights, Lord. We, we thank you, Lord, that you're our God this moment and we'll trust you to be our God every day from here and throughout eternity, Lord. We trust you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now you can praise the Lord. You can praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Some of you are anxious to sit down. Why don't you go ahead? That'll be all right. We're going to have a prayer, though. Uh, you know, the Lord was... Did you ever, did you ever notice that, that messages in tongues most of the time happen in conjunction with worship? Uh, I'll just tell you my testimony, my story. I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit at about 13 years of age. And I had, I'd been seeking to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit because in our church it was preached and I, I, I knew about it and I wanted to be baptized in the Spirit. I wanted to pray in the Spirit. I wanted to, I wanted to speak in tongues as the Lord gave the utterance. But I always was afraid it was just going to be me. And, uh, and, I would, and, and there, there might have been times I thought maybe, maybe I did. Maybe I said something I didn't understand or something like that. But I, I just wasn't sure. I, but but when, I, when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I was at youth camp. How many of you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit at youth camp? Anybody else besides me? A lot of people do. But I, 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 we, I had gone to the altar in conjunction with the worship. That we were worshiping the Lord, and I had stepped to the altar with this on my heart. Lord, I just want to tell you that I love you. And this time I wasn't kneeling, I was standing. I was standing not, with my back to the audience my, my, at an altar. and That really doesn't matter, but that's just how I remembered the details. And I was just saying, Lord, I love you so much. So I just, I was... I was putting it in my words the best I could. And the Holy Spirit, I heard, I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit say to me, do you want me to help you with that? Now think of what he was asking me. I was trying to tell the Lord that I loved him. I was trying to tell the Lord that he was mighty and wonderful and perfect and, and that I really, really appreciated him. And, that I, and, and I was using every word I knew to describe how, how, how he deserved worship. And the Holy Spirit asked me, you want me to help you with that? And you know what I knew? I knew he was talking about, he was going to help me with that with words that I didn't know how to say. So my next words were in the Spirit. It was just, 
I, I still, every time I've ever spoken tongues since then, which I couldn't begin to tell you how many times, I've never understood any, any word I ever said in, in tongues. It's a mystery. That's what the scripture says. It's a mystery to us. But God knows every word we're saying. He knows what language we're speaking. He's giving you the utterance to say something you don't know how to say. And so I, I, I've, not, I've noticed it's really not unusual that worship happens. I mean, that messages in tongues happen in conjunction with worship. The Lord's helping us say what we're trying to say. Now, all those things that, that the interpretation said, that, that, was, that was things we'd like to be able to say about God because he, 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 there's so much about him that we don't know, but he can speak it for us. And sometimes he sees fit to interpret our, but, but, but you're just, your prayer language doesn't need to be interpreted. That's God, God knows exactly what you're saying and he's the one you're talking to when you're praying the spirit. So when, when you're having worship service like, like Julie leads and, and the worship teams up here and they're, they're, and they're just being led by the Spirit. That's all they're trying to do is just be led by the Spirit to lead you in worship. And, and I want you to, to listen and see if the, you can even ask the Holy Spirit, would you help me do this? But you need to be willing to pray in a language. It really just comes down to that. He, he will help any Christian do it if they're willing. He will help any Christian say, I love you to God in languages you don't even know how to say. He'll, he'll let you worship God in spirit and in truth. He, he will enable any Christian who's really born again to do that anytime they're willing to do it. And those who aren't willing to do it, I guess you're going to have to wait till you get to heaven to do it. I don't know. But you're missing something. I, it's really valuable to me that the Holy Spirit helps me pray in a language I don't know and I don't understand. It, it really helps me that, that I know I'm saying something beyond what I'm, I know to say. I, I, and, I'm, and I'm saying it and it's just a, it's it's an expression of worship, and the and the Lord gets a lot of things out of it. What, what what's what's on my heart this morning is that if He knows everything, and, and and He's worthy of it all. From you are all things. To you are all things. That's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is He's the source and He's the life of anything. This and especially His church. He said about His church, "I will build my church." This is one of his local assemblies, his local bodies of believers. This is one of his local churches, and we're part of the invisible church, the, the church at large, the church that he said, I will build, and Satan can't keep me from it. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. He said, I'll build my church. If it, and he hasn't backed away from that. He's still building his church. I'm glad to be a part of his church. And I want, I want to, to embrace all that he wills for his church. And, and we need a pastor. I, I, I believe that, that there's a lot of needs in people's hearts, but I don't know that there's anything more urgent and more important right now that we as a church shouldn't be focusing on to pray. God, we need you to show us the pastor you've chosen to show us the pastor that you're choosing, to, to lead our search committee so that they, they link and, 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 and they present that person that you have chosen and that this church gets to move on in the will of God, accomplishing what you want it to do, Lord, doing exactly what you want it to do because it's your church. It's his church. He's the one that ought to get to pick the pastor. Amen. He, he's the one that ought to get to pick who leads it and how long they lead it. No, 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 uh, 
person has so much authority in the church that you get to pick the pastor, you're not God. And so don't, don't get in God's way. Let's, 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 let's agree. Let's be a unanimous about this this morning. Let's be in total agreement. Lord, it's your church. You deserve to get to pick the pastor. We don't want anybody but the one you chose, Lord. We, 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 wanna, we want you to lead and guide and direct with your sovereign will and for us to elect as a body in agreement, in unity, that this is the pastor you have chosen. And this is the pastor we will follow. We'll get together behind the vision that you give him to express and to, and to, and to deliver to us. So now I'm going to ask you to stand back up and let's just, this is our prayer request. We'll pray about other prayer requests in a moment. But right now, this is our prayer request that we're praying together in agreement. And if you feel like praying in the spirit, you just pray in the spirit. The Holy Spirit will help you pray this prayer better than you can put it in your words. So you go with him if that's what he chooses to do. How many of you agree with that? Am I, am I saying anything's out of order up here? Anybody, anybody, uh, if you got a problem with this, you can talk to me about it after church. And we'll, and we'll, I'll lovingly respond to, to whatever you say. I, I promise. Because everything the Holy Spirit does is through love. He, he doesn't do anything except through love. He wants a pastor that comes in here and loves you with all his heart and that you love with all your heart. That's how the church gets to be godly. Amen. Love. Lord, we acknowledge that you, you are the one who must pick the pastor that we select, that we agree in, in voting on, that, that is elected to serve this church body. And we surrender every, every bit of our ideas and our will and, and our plans and, and our expectations, Lord, to embrace what you will, what you desire for our church. We seek you, Lord. We seek you as a church family. We pray not our will, but thine be done, Lord. We pray that nothing less than your will, nothing other than your will, Lord, but that you would guide and direct the search committee. We pray for those people, those seven persons who have the responsibility of, of, of being led by the Spirit to, to discern the, the pastor that you have, are putting before them to, to put before this congregation as a body. God, we pray for them to be led by the Spirit of God. We pray for their conversation to be, to be led by the Spirit of God. We pray for there to be unity. And we pray, God, that, that, that all of our, our searching, all of our waiting, all of our praying results in your wonderful, wonderful will. Let's give the Lord a praise applause about that. Amen. Your wonderful, wonderful purpose. Your wonderful, wonderful plan. Your glorious will. Your, you deserve to get to pick the pastor. You deserve to run your church as it ought to be run. You deserve, Lord, to be glorified in your church. We praise you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated again. Ushers, would you come and let's worship the Lord with giving tithes and offering this morning. I'll tell you what, why don't you just plan on, why don't you just give more than you planned on? Say, Pastor, that's awful, awful audacious. I think the Holy Spirit had me say that. A while ago, I, 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 got out, I got out a couple of dollars when I saw the BGMC, we think quarters and nickels and dimes, you know, when we see them, and I don't have any of those, so I got out a couple of dollars. And, uh, and then I heard her talking about Ethiopia. And I heard her talking about all those people living on the streets. All of a sudden I said, you can do better than that. I dug again 
And you know what? I, I think the Lord, I, I think the Lord deserves more than the minimum. Amen. Lord, I pray you'll be glorified in, in our attitude about giving and our joy and our the expression of worship. That is that, that, that is part of what we give. That, that, that it's not just the money, Lord. You, you can create uh, things that, that cause it not to be necessary to have the money. But Lord, you deserve for our heart. You deserve for our love for you and our and, and our our willingness to to set forward everything you want done through this church family. So we pray you'll direct us in giving, how much to give, how liberally, how, how much joy to express in our giving, and how to give our lives to you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Amen. doubt there are people here this morning who have uh, needs in your life. Maybe you've had a problem arise. It's tragic. Maybe it's a marriage, a marriage calamity or crisis in your family or someone that you dearly love. We believe God meets needs. We believe God does miracles. Amen. God hears and answers prayer. Don't ever believe anything but that. That's the truth. God hears and answers prayer. We're not going to let the devil steal our faith and our hope and our trust in the Lord. So I just want to invite some of you this morning that have a need. You want God to meet for you today. You say, I really need something from the Lord. And I'm going, I'm going, to, I'm going to ask you to stand that for that, the people that have a need. I want you to stand. And your standing represents, I have a need. I want the Lord to meet for me today. It'll remain an unspoken need, but you know what you're standing for. And the Lord knows what you're standing for. Your standing is an expression of faith. Okay, thank you. How many I want to join her? Several more. My standing represents... There's a need I want the Lord to meet for me today. Lord, we're being specific about this. These people are standing because there's a need. They're believing you to meet for them today. Lord, I, I pray that, that just that many miracles, <laughs> the number of people who are standing right now because they, they, they stood because they believe it's, it's it's not impossible. It's not even unlikely that the Lord would, would be unable to meet this need. <laughs> Lord, it's, it's impossible that, that you could fail. And so, Lord, we put the need that we stood representing. 
We, we put the crisis in your healing hands, Lord. We put our trouble, Lord, upon you and upon your agenda, upon your, your plans for today. God, we put, it, put you in charge of that situation and we believe that you will heal bodies. We believe, Lord, that you will heal marriages. We believe, Lord, that you will move the trouble into something that becomes a stepping stone, into something that becomes a testimony, Lord, into something that, that brings you praise and glory and honor because you moved these individuals that stood in faith this morning to receive a miracle. I believe it with this congregation. Church, let's just lift up our hands with them. Why, why don't you stand with them now? And if you want to go to one of them and just stand with them in prayer because you love them and care about them, why don't you just go lay your hand on their shoulder or just touch them and say, I'm believing God with you. I'm believing God with you. Lord, I'm believing God with these, with these courageous men and women and young people who stood this morning believing that you are big enough and that you care enough and that you will respond to our weak faith, Lord, that you will do for us what you've done for others. And Lord, we will count on you today. We'll count on you that this need is not going to remain unmet. This need is not going to be a, a source of the enemies uh, irritating us, Lord, but in fact, it's going to irritate the devil because of what, what you are doing in, in response to our just childhood faith. Lord, we reach out, touch the hem of your garment this morning. And we believe, Lord, that we're not going to need to worry about this anymore. We're, we're going to see you work it out. We're going to see you bring healing and restoration and hope and victory in the precious name of our Savior, Jesus. Lord, may every one of these miracles attribute to your church growing. May, may people who don't know the Lord hear about how you met this need so that they are, they, their soul is just drawn to the one who cares so much that he'd give us the ability to pray and you move your mighty hand for us, Lord. God, I just pray that testimonies will come out of this, that, that grow this very church family, that, that fill the pews that are now empty, Lord. I pray that, that, that the miracles you're doing in these bodies and in these families, in these lives, Lord, will become something that challenges somebody that's, that's that delaying, they're putting it off, but they'll see your power at work and hear of your wonderful works. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. And you can, you can always applaud Jesus. There's never a, never a restriction on applauding Jesus. Amen. Never. Thank you again to the worship team. Man, thank you again to all of you. I believe it was a total male orchestra. One side to the other. All male orchestra and I think all female worship team. Uh, don't, don't hold me to that. I wasn't checking on that. I just saw the men. I appreciate men who are leaders in the church. And I appreciate women who work hard to do what God called them to do. Thank you for your volunteerism. Praise the Lord. Well, I want to preach this morning about a... Uh, I guess it, I could ask it as a question like this. How rich are you? And everybody thinks first about how much I have in my bank account, or we think that that's a question about financial things, if I say that. But the word rich has a lot more meaning than just being used in the, in the conversation about 
financial wealth. Uh, you know, think about, I drove this morning through Turner Falls. I tell you, that countryside up there, up, up there in the Arbuckle Mountains, that's rich with beauty, isn't it? I mean, with, with those beautiful hills and trees, it's rich in beauty. I, I, have you ever heard of a, a, a piece of fabric or, or a carpet or something? Just it's a, des a design that's rich in color. Just means there's a lot of color there. There's a lot, a lot of things this word rich applies to. Like, like I've, I remember hearing people that know something about the way a motor ought to sound or the way it ought to run. They say it's running too rich. I guess it has to have fuel, doesn't it? But what if it has too much fuel? Well, it has to have air, but what if it has too much air? And they, and they were re referencing something that was too rich. It was getting too much of. I've, I've heard people research, say this about desserts. Whoo, that's rich. And, they, and that means they're not going to eat as much of it. Well, maybe. Until they get used to it anyway. Because at first it, it was a little too sweet. You know, it was just a really rich. A dessert's supposed to be nice and uh, uh, delicious, but uh, they, they, uh, sometimes, well, you know what I'm saying. So how rich are you? And I'm not, I'm not talking about financially at all. R rule that one out. H how rich are you in friends? How rich are you in, in family? H how rich are you in happiness? What, what, are, what is it that you're most rich in? That's kind, of, that's kind of what I'm asking you. Think about it for a moment. It's a challenge to, to really identify what, that, what is that one thing that you're most rich in. Uh, could be your, your marriage, your relationship with your spouse that you're so fully invested in. That's what you're richest in that you can think of. I, I'm, I'm a golfer. I play about once a week. And uh, maybe that often. So, and I did this week. I got to play on Friday. And uh, I'd love to shoot a par all the way around. You know, 18 holes, par it. Oh, that would be awesome. I've gotten a couple of strokes away once. But even if I could par every time, and I, and I thought... I was really rich in, in, in knowing how to play golf and really rich in enjoying playing golf. Now I'm talking about being a pro or anything like that. But what if I, all my dreams came true and I was really rich? I don't, I don't know that that would be something to be all excited about if that's what I was most rich with. You know what I mean? A hobby? You don't want to be most rich with your hobby. I've seen some people who are really rich with their hobby, and I'm talking about they got... They have so much invested in it and so, so, many, so much of everything, they don't even know where to put it all because they've been collecting it a long time and, and they, this, is, this has been a, a hobby they've really succeeded in, in achieving, you know. They're rich in, in their hobby. Um, maybe deer hunting gear, you're rich in that. Is that maybe? Uh, any deer hunters here? I've heard there are. Somebody told me that they hunted and your former pastor used to hunt. Um, Rich in, in laughter. That's a good thing to be rich. My, my wife's kind of rich in laughter. She loves to laugh. She loves to tell me funny things and show me funny graphics that come in on Facebook or something. And we have a good laugh about every one of them. I, I love that she entertains me with that. In fact, when, when I got married, I thought I was the goofy one that was going to keep us entertained. And that, that left a long time ago, especially in the seriousness of ministry. 
but she has kept it going, man. She fires up the old coal, uh, the old fire with laughters and keep and keeps it coming. She's rich with laughter. And, and by the way, she's not here this morning because she, we traveled yesterday and she had enough traveling and didn't want four more hours in the car. So forgive her for not, she might be listening to us right now. She told me not to mention her. I'm sorry, hon. Uh, but uh, I, of course, the point that I'm getting to is how rich are you spiritually? How rich are you in God, in your relationship with God? That's what this message is this morning. Is that, is that the area of your life you're most rich? I'll say it right here. That's what God would want. Why else would he say, if you hate not your mother and father and children and, and your own life also, uh, that then uh, you can't be my disciple. He, he wasn't really telling you to hate anybody because he doesn't want us to hate anybody. He just doesn't want any, your love for anybody else to even be comparable to your love for him. He wants you to be so much more rich in relationship with him than you are anybody in your family, anybody that you love, even your dear, precious companion or children or grandchildren. Oh, my. He did give us love for our grandchildren. But he wants your love for him to be so much greater. It's incomparable because you're so, so rich in relationship with God. Maybe some of you are thinking, I'm not as rich as I ought to be in relationship with God. Or maybe you're thinking, I don't even know how to get rich with God. I, that's, that's not something I could do if I wanted to. I don't know how to. Well, I, I think the Lord's got something to say to us this morning about this. If we're willing to listen, if, if, we're really, if we're really willing to go with him, I believe he'll show us, every one of us, how to be really rich where it really matters. And that's your relationship with God. Lord, would you, would you just get every one of us our undivided attention? Get our attention, Lord. Help us to be listened to what the Spirit of the Lord says in our hearts. I pray that nobody would be so distracted that they get taken out of the middle of this sermon. Even those that are watching online, I pray they'll watch till the very end and listen to what you're saying to them because this really matters. It matters, Lord, if we're in love with something that's just going to perish. It's just going to, it's not even, it's temporal, it's, it's perishable. But Lord... You want us to be in, in love with you and, and to love you with all our heart and mind and soul and strength. And Lord, you want that to, that to be so paramount in our lives because it will never perish. It will never fade away. It will never become unimportant. And I pray that you'll get our attention and draw us all into that richness of relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. I'm taking you to Luke, the 12th chapter, where Jesus specifically points out to a man his lack of being rich in God. It's, it's the, the middle of the chapter, beginning with verse 13. Jesus had been teaching uh, his disciples about uh, hypocrisy, not to be like the Pharisees. And, and you know, they, they pretended to be rich with God. They had a lot of pomp and circumstance about their relationship with God. They, they wore these garments that had tassels on them. 613 laws were represented by, by 613 items on their clothes. I mean, they, 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 they wanted everybody to believe they walked in purity and holiness. But Jesus exposed the reality 
and said they were hypocrites. They were, that, that, was, that was all exterior show, but on the inside they were full of dead men's bones. And perhaps it was, it was that that caused him to, to share what he shared in the verses I'm going to read you. Then someone called out from the crowd, somebody, and they said, Teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Evidently, their father had died and he'd come in on the, the, on the weekend of the inheritance and he was trying to get his brother, he was trying to get some, some authority. You know, Jesus taught with authority, so it's not unusual that, that they would expect him to have authority to do anything because he taught with, with like nobody they'd ever heard taught, teach. He was teaching with such authority. And so Jesus replied to him and said, friend, uh, who made me judge over you to decide such things as that. I, you know, that, that, doesn't that make sense? Who, who put me in charge of your, you and your brother sorting out things? But, but listen, Jesus didn't miss a chance to start pointing this guy in the right direction, though. I think, I think you could insert the words that Jesus was saying, no matter whether you get any more inheritance or not, you better think about this. Beware, guard against every kind of greed for life is not measured by how much you own. Now, your Bible may say it a little different. I'm reading the New Living Translation, but, but uh, how, in whatever translation you have, it's going to speak very clearly uh, the, the, the words that Jesus is saying. Watch out. Beware of covetousness. It says in the King James Version, For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things he possesseth. Man, I'm 69 years old, and I have accumulated a lot of junk. I'm going to have to go through my attic and so all that stuff I've been accumulating over the years that, well, I didn't have room for it downstairs, so I stuck it up there. And it's amazing. It's been up there for years. I really need it, though. I don't want to, I don't want to let go of it. I can't even remember it's up there right now. But isn't, isn't that how we are? We, we, we accumulate a lot of stuff. And Jesus said it right there. He nailed it on the head. A man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things that he possesses. So he was watching. He said, man, you're, you're, all, you're, you're really disturbed about coming in on the low end of this financial deal. But you know what? There's something even more important for you. There's something greater than, than that. Even if, if you came out ahead of him or you, you, you inherited way more than you deserve, you, you don't have, it couldn't compare with what I'm about to tell you. And don't you hear Jesus saying that? And here he says, then he told him a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. Now, notice he already was wealthy before he even planted that year's crops. But that year, he had a bumper crop. That year, I mean, it really came in. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. In other words, I've had such a great harvest. I, the, I don't have barns big enough to store it. What, what am I going to do? I think the Lord would have told him, give it away. <laughs> but he, he didn't think of that. He said to himself, what should I do? Then he, then he said, I know I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods, all the bicycles and, and exercise machines and everything else you got in the attic. I'll, I'll have room for everything. If I just make this sacrifice, I'll tear down these little barns. I'll build some really big ones. Now, here's, here's where he was really headed. And then I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. 
My friend, you have enough to store it away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat and drink and be merry. He was talking about more than retirement. He, he was talking about, uh, I, I don't have to work anymore. I don't have to sweat anymore. I, I don't have to worry about whether it rains or whether it doesn't rain. My, I don't have to worry about crops anymore. I've got enough to, to finish out my life to ha have many more years, carefree, stress-free. He was dreaming big, wasn't he? And Jesus certainly read a lot of people's lives when he said that because there's a lot of people and maybe some of us have fallen into the, into the rut, into the, into the routine of what this man had done. If I could just get enough to sit back and take it easy and, and put my feet up and say, I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy what I've worked hard to get and I've, I've worked hard to accumulate it and now I'm just going to, I'm going to take it easy. And a lot of those people leave God out of their life, really, because that, their life is so full. I mean, your life can only be full of something, of one thing. It could be full of a whole lot of little things, but something is dominant. Something is above everything. Something is, is your God. Either God's your God or something is your God. And this guy's God was, he, he just told you, wow, I'm getting some big old barns. I'm storing this huge bumper crop. I'm taking advantage of this. I'm going to kick it in gear that this, this is the beginning of the life of Riley. This is the beginning of, of take it easy street. But God said to him, you fool. When God calls somebody a fool, they really are a fool. I mean, he, he doesn't use that word in a, in a way to hurt somebody's feelings. He, he's just saying you're doing something really, really foolish. You're really making a tragic mistake. You're, you're missing something that, that is really so apparent that you, you shouldn't be missing it. He says, he says, you will die this very night. Your life has an expiration date. You don't know if that's now or 20 years from now or, or what, but it's, it is there. And when you do die, there, there's something you need to be very rich in. You're going to want to be very rich in that. But your, your time of, of gaining that richness has expired when you die. Now's when you get a rich relationship with God. Before you die, while you're living. That's what life is about. Our life, whether it's short or long, is about what are you going to do with the God who made you and the God who made this world you're living in. Obviously, it, there was a designer, and that designer talks to you. That designer reaches out to you. That designer is showing you you're part of his, his intricate design. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. He loves you personally. You, there's nobody else ever that was or will be created just like you. You are unique, one of a kind, and I love the way you turned out. You are beautiful. You are, you are wonderful. The Lord speaks all those things to us because he loves us dearly. I'm not stretching it, am I? Anybody say, I think I'm, I'm putting that out a little too strong that the Lord doesn't really love us that much? Whoo, why would he go to the cross if he didn't? Why would he find joy in going to the cross? For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. Why did he do that? Because of you, he loves you. He cares about you. And he wants you to have a rich relationship and for that rich relationship with him to be being built and, and, and established and, and secured and, and really become the reality that he wants it to be during your life. And, and teenagers, don't wait till you're 20 to start. Don't wait if you're eight. Don't wait till you're 10 to start. 
Start right where you are right now. Building a relationship with God, a friendship with Jesus, fellowship divine. Um, I better get to the end of my scripture. He said, you fool, you'll, you'll die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? All that's not going to be yours when you die. That's what he was saying. And for him, it was that night. But if it had been next week or next year or two years, it still means the same thing. It's just not going to be yours as long as you need what, you, what your God or your dream is, is telling you that's enough. That's not enough. You need something that lasts longer than that. Because when you die, uh, somebody else is going to get everything else you worked for. Let that reality set in. Might be somebody you like. Might be somebody you choose. It might be exactly the person you wanted to get it, but it might be that things work out otherwise and somebody you didn't like ends up with it. You know? Marries your wife or something. I better be watching. I better be careful there. I can't, I can't figure out how that would happen, but it, I've seen it. It's crazy. I mean, you don't have any control after you die. And, and the Lord was just waking him up to a reality. Yes, a person is a fool to store, store up. This is where the Lord really put it in verse 21. He put the message of this, uh, the, the, the theme of this message in words. Yes, a person is a fool if he stores up earthly wealth. Anything else that's temporal, but not have a rich relationship with God. It's foolish to not have a rich relationship with God. Whatever else you do have a rich relationship with or, or you're rich in is not going to be a substitute. Not in this life, it's not a substitute. And especially in the next life, it's not going to be a substitute. You need a rich, wonderful relationship with your Creator. You need to know how much He loves you. You need to know how much He delights in your praise and He delights in your prayers. He likes it when you, when you fall into a, 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 a trouble situation that you'll bring to Him and let Him bear the burden with you and let Him show you how to, how to become stronger as you walk through that adversity. Oh, He loves to do that because He loves to, to teach you how strong you are when you're connected to Him. Now, gee, I want to point out, Jesus did not tell this man he was a fool because he'd gotten rich. God's not mad at people who get rich. You're a good businessman. You work hard. Businesswoman, you work hard. You invest well. You, you do I, whatever, whatever you get as far as uh, that you earn. And honestly, the Bible never uh, has any ill repute toward, toward that. Never, never, that. You don't need to be reproved for that. Use your wealth because your real God is God. And your wealth can help you serve God. That's what Bartimaeus, uh, or Barnabas, excuse me, Bartimaeus was, was blind. Bar Barnabas was the guy in the book of Acts that sold a field. And he divided up the, all the proceeds and gave, gave it to the, to the new church that had just formed after Pentecost. And people that, that didn't have anything, their needs were being met. And it was just a beautiful gift that, that the Lord uh, used Barnabas to give. And uh, uh, so there, there's, yeah, the, the Lord wants to use you, whatever resources, whatever you are, wh wh whether it's much or little, he, he, will, he will use you mightily if you're available to him to be used. But uh, he, he, the Lord didn't call him a fool because he got rich. He called him a fool because uh, that he wasn't rich toward God, because he wasn't getting rich toward God. And he didn't even have that on his agenda. 
when, when he talked about his, uh, his retirement or whatever you want to call it, when he was going to take it easy, there wasn't anything about his relationship with God uh, being, being important to him. And, and the Lord called him a fool for that because you're really goofed up, buddy. You're really goofed up. Um, how, how can a person be rich toward God? Well, well, the answer is only his relationship with God. A rich relationship with God. That's the only way I know how to put it. Maybe you can think of another way to get rich in a relationship with God, but it's, it's all about relationship. He created man so he'd have relationship with somebody created in his image. And every one of us get to feel, fulfill that dream for him because we're created in his image and he wants a relationship with us. That's why he said all the law and all the prophets, everything they said, everything in the poetical books and the major prophets and minor prophets, everything even in the New Testament that hadn't even been written yet, but Jesus is standing on, the, uh, on that moment and saying every bit of that is, is expressed in this one commandment, love the Lord with all your heart. And the second is likened to it, he said, and that's love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets rest on these two, he said. Amazing. Amazing. Because love is what builds relationship. Love the Lord enough to build a relationship with him. Love the Lord enough to talk to him in the morning. In fact, don't even wait till in the morning. When you wake up in the middle of the night, go ahead and talk to him right then. He's up. He's up. You're not disturbing him. You're not going to find a do not disturb on his phone. In fact, you don't even have to use a phone. Isn't that amazing? We, we find all these devices and things to help us communicate, but we, we've, he made it automatic where all you have to do is just, just breathe a prayer. Let, let your mind uh, say something to him uh, through, express it somehow to him. That, that's, that's what I feel like making myself do, but other people may think the Lord reads your mind and your communication is going on right there. He certainly knows the desires of your heart and, and the desires of your heart, like David, David said, uh, the Lord said about David, he's a man after my own heart. He's got a heart like mine. He's got a, he wants the things that I want. He, and, and David had, had nurtured a relationship with God while he was a shepherd boy out there on those hillsides spending days, maybe even weeks by himself out there with the sheep as their, as their caregiver. And he saw, he saw in those sheep and, and his role over those sheep, God, that's what you're doing for me. The Lord is my shepherd. And just like they don't have anything to worry about, I don't have anything to worry about because you, you take care of me and you provide me. You lead me beside still waters. You restore my soul. And though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you're right there with me. Everything that he did for those sheep, he knew God was doing for him. And he had this rich relationship with God. So when Saul failed, flunked out of being the king because he wouldn't do what God commanded, what God told him to do. God sent Samuel to Saul to say, I've chosen somebody with a man who's a man after my own heart. That was David. I, I'll, I'll get to the end of this. I, I think we not, we not only need to uh, know how to get rich with God, but we need to get good at teaching other people how to get rich with God. It was people who were rich with God that showed me how to be rich with God. I don't know if any of you ever knew a man that attended our church in Hilton named Ben Boyd. Ben Boyd. Uh, he had a brother named Homer Boyd that was a pastor up in Poto, but Ben Boyd taught the junior boys class and he was a godly man who would, who would testify in church and, and I, I, all of us in, in the church just adored Brother Boyd. 
He was, a, he was a man with a rich relationship with God. I don't know if he had anything besides that, but I know he had a rich relationship with God. And I learned from him that that's what I wanted too. I learned it from a lot of people, and, and, and a lot of people need to learn it from us. Can, can we take it upon ourselves? I've got a, I got a book written by a guy named Joseph Sangle, and it's a, a book about what I wish or what I'd like to have known before I really started with, with the grown-up life, what I'd like to have known about money. He, he teaches people about not, not mishandling money because his, his business is called I, I Was Broke, Now I'm Not. Okay, so he's developed some way of communicating something, that the, a gift that the Lord gave him to teach them. But every one of us need to go, to, to, to go through some thought process. How can I teach somebody else how to get rich in a relationship with God? That, and that wasn't really what the Lord said when he, when he said to, to go into all the world and make disciples of all the nations. Don't just go in there and pray the sinner's prayer with them and go to the next town and say, I mean, you can pray the sinner's prayer. You got to make disciples. Establish a, a local body of believers. You got, you got to make a disciple. These, these people who were converted, those people who chose to be followers of Christ need to be taught all these things that I've commanded you. And he said, I'll be right there with you. And, and we, need to, we need to take our, our responsibility of, of teaching other people, teach your children how to be in a relationship with God, how to have a rich relationship with God. I believe my mom and dad, for, for my sister Kathy, I'm glad to have you here. She drove up from the Dallas-Fort Worth area and, and just surprised me that she was here this morning. It's wonderful to see her. And, but our parents, were the, we grew up in a home where our parents did everything they could to teach us how to have a rich relationship with God. How, they showed us how to pray. They didn't just tell us to pray. They showed us how to pray. They told us how to love the Bible, told us how to be faithful in church and give our tithes and, and, and to serve God. And in fact, they'd, they'd take every opportunity to use anything they had to convince us that was the right road and the only road. You know what I mean? They just tried their best. And we, I, want you, I want you to go beyond just learning something about that you can do to, to, to become rich toward God yourself. As you go through life, what worked for you, you use it with somebody else. I'd say the, the first thing uh, that a person can do to, to, to consistently keep growing in richer relationship with God is get into God's Word. Let, let God's Word become a friend to you that can teach you how to have relationship. I, I believe God gave us the Bible so we'd know who He is. He revealed Himself in the Bible. He showed us who He is, why He is. He doesn't tell us His origin. There is no origin. He always was in eternity past. There was no beginning place. He always was. He does tell us that, so I guess you could call that the origin, right? There's no beginning place and no ending place. He, he's, he's eternally past and eternally future. He, he is the Alpha and the Omega. He, he's, he, he describes himself in numerous ways. And then as if that wasn't enough, he came and lived in a human body among us. And he had Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John write down a whole lot of the stuff that he did while he was in a human body. Even going to the cross and resurrecting from the dead. It's all written down for us. The Bible is a wonderful, wonderful source for, for learning how to have a rich and wonderful relationship with God. I believe that's why he gave us his word. He didn't have to. He could have let those who wanted to exterminate it and, and, and stomp the Bible out. He didn't let that happen. I, I, I get a lot of kick out of uh, 
the atheist guy um, over in Germany. I, I forgot his name. He declared, I'm, I'm going to burn. I'm going to see the last Bible burn. His house became a Bible bookstore because he didn't see the last one burn, but God made a distribution center out of the very house that he lived in. Darwin, I believe, is the guy I'm talking about. And uh, I, I think that's just, like, that's just like God to do that. His, his word has not been squelched. It's the bestseller every year. They don't put it as the bestseller. Every year. That'd get kind of boring because nobody else would get to be the bestseller. His book is the bestseller every year worldwide. And now with version Bible, it's going out in the languages of the whole world for free. It doesn't have to be paid for. All they have to be on, and they're on the internet anyway. They can go on there in languages after languages after language. People are given, uh, the people who developed all these Bible resources are giving them free so that the whole world can hear the gospel. I'm telling you, that is an end time prophecy being fulfilled right there, don't you think? That is definitely what that is. Uh, he gave us his word so we'd know how to be rich in relationship with him. In fact, from, from his, his word, you get the story of Noah. Uh, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Everything that, that about Noah's life uh, that can, it, it, it can be related to everything in our life. He lived in a day when he was surrounded by people who were ignoring God. You know, you know how the, it's real early in the book of Genesis that, that man sins in the garden and then the Lord uh, deals with Adam and Eve and then he's dealing with Cain about killing his brother and, and, and then there's the, uh, uh, the Tower of Babel and how the Lord had to confuse their languages and, uh, because they were, they were building a, a, some kind of a, another way to God, another, another way to heaven. Uh, and God stopped them and and then, and then right there early in the book of, uh, of Genesis, he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wipe out the whole, uh, I, we would have never been here if he had wiped out the whole thing, but he, there was one man who found grace in his eyes. There was one man who had a rich relationship with him. And, you know, I, I feel like that, we, we could use that comparison today. We are surrounded by a whole lot of people who are mocking God, who are, are, are ignoring any spiritual realities that are obvious. They, they ignore them. It doesn't matter how many miracles they hear about. It doesn't matter what kind of revival in the church. It doesn't, doesn't matter to them. They have set their mind on denying God. And, and they, they might call him their God, but they don't call Jesus their Savior. They, they, they just, they live a life that is really, they're the God of their life. A lot of people are rejecting God. That's what Noah was surrounded by, all these people that he built. He was building this ark for 100 years. There's bound to have been lots and lots and lots of people who, who he talked to about what he was doing. God told me to build this ark. He told me it's going to rain, going to rain. He's going to destroy everybody else. Would you like to get on this ark with us? No, I, don't, I think that's the most ridiculous story I've ever heard. Noah, what are you doing? What, what, this is ridiculous. For 100 years, people made fun of him and didn't join him. And a lot of people uh, are, are, are rejecting the idea of God. But, but God wants some Noahs. He wants us to be Noahs. And he wants us to make Noahs out of as many more people as we can get to join us. And, and so that it's all about just honoring the voice of God and, and having a relationship with God. I don't know how holy he was. 
he was, uh, he was a righteous man. God found righteousness in him. God's found, God found faith in him. And, and God found, those were my three points for the message. God found righteousness in him. He found faith in him. And he found faithfulness in him. And I'd say those are three good steps we could imitate Noah if we could imitate his faith and imitate his, uh, his love of, of, of being holy in the things that God wants us to be holy. Separate ourselves from the distraction of sin that will, that will hinder our relationship with God. Uh, and, uh, and then and imitate his faithfulness as well. Because a, a great relationship with God is built, I'll say it like this, one brick at a time. Everything you do, asserting your faith with God, in fact, I'll go so far as to say, a while ago I was admonishing you during the worship, during the time right after our worship, and I was saying that, that to let God hear your voice. And if, if he, if, if the idea comes into your spirit that he would help you in, in a language beyond your own, if you take steps like that with him, you are opening the door to greater and greater relationship with God. He doesn't notice, he doesn't miss noticing any one decision that you make that you choose to step in his direction. You choose to honor his word and you choose to, to, to respond to his drawing and his spirit. He, and nobody else may know it. Your pastor may not ever know it. Your people who love you most may never know it, but God is not going to miss it. It, move, it moves you into greater relationship with him. You become richer with God and that's how you become rich in relationship with God by just being, being, uh, being committed to, I'm going to keep responding to what you say. I'm going to keep letting you draw me. I'm going to keep believing. I'm to keep trusting you. I'm going to, I'm going to be faithful in my, in my obedience to you, Lord. I'm just going to walk with you. You'll find yourself ha having become rich in relationship with God, and you'll be able to tell somebody else the steps you took, the steps that you took that made you rich in relationship with God. It, it pays off in this life, and it's certainly going to pay off when you die, because the Lord's not going to call you a fool for having died without being enriched in relationship with God, he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. He, he, you will find that he forgave your sins, that he washed them, he, he washed you of them, he cast them in the sea of forgiveness, and you're going to get to live with him as if you never sinned. What a gift, because you were in relationship with God. But when you reject that opportunity, something else will become your God. And God doesn't want that to happen. Amen. God wants every single one of us, every single one of you to be rich in relationship with him. Would you stand with me, please? Musicians, would you come? Dennis, would you come and play? Um, something that we can just, we're just going to close out the service with prayer. I, I just want you to think about this. Are you as rich in relationship with God? Are you as rich in God? as God wants you to be. How many of you would say, God deserves that I would be richer in relationship with him than I am right now? God deserves that I would be richer in relationship with him than I am right now. And I appreciate the opportunity, I cherish the chance to have some life left to become richer. Anybody would say that? 
I, I want to I take advantage of, of the opportunity to become richer in my relationship with God. In fact, here's what will happen. Your, your desire for material things will kind of become dim. It, it'll become smaller. It will, you won't have such an appetite for the things that are temporal because the things that are eternal are replacing it. Your joy will abound. Your, your fear of death will go away because you know you're just going to stand in the presence of God. You, and, and, and the joy of not only enjoying the richness you have with God, you get to give it away. Your richness with God, you can share it with other people by, by inviting them into their own journey of becoming richer and richer and richer and richer in relationship with God. I hope nobody misunderstands anything I said about using the word rich. I, I, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about something a million times, a, mil, a, a quadrillion. You, you can't put a number on it. God is so much more deserving as we sang. He's worthy. You're worthy of it all. I, I'm just going to let you pray the prayer that you want. But I do want, I, I do want to know, does anybody here feel the Lord drawing you to receive Christ as your personal Savior? Someone... Maybe I should say how many of you I, I, I Before or as I stand right now, I'm bankrupt In a relationship with God, but I want to begin a relationship with God. I want to receive him as my Savior I want I want to begin I want to begin becoming rich in relationship with God pastor. Would you pray with me as I give my heart to Jesus Christ this morning would would you lift your hand if that's you I want you to lift your hand if, if what you want is to begin a relationship with God that you'll spend the rest of your life and the rest of eternity enjoying. But you have to begin somewhere. Is this the beginning place for you? Is this it? Right here, right now, is the Lord moving your heart? Maybe you didn't expect the Lord to do this when you came, but now you know, you know, you know it's God. And you want to say yes to Him right here while His Spirit is drawing your heart. Just lift up your hand. I'm going, to let, I'm going to leave you standing right where you are, but I'm going to pray with you the prayer of receiving Christ as our Savior. Hold your hand up high. Hold your hand up high. It may seem like it'll be hard, but it'll be the easiest thing you ever did once you start the motion. Anybody here agree with that? Remember when you got saved? The Lord said, step out and walk. I thought, I can't do that. I'm so glad I did that. I'm so glad I did that. Lord, I, I just hope that everybody here is already saved. I hope the Spirit of God is just rejoicing this morning that everybody here is already saved. And anybody who's not yet saved, I just believe with them this very moment, Lord, that you have, have, have put your hand upon their heart and that they have, have not refused, Lord, for you to touch them and for you to draw them to yourself. I pray that this very day, this prayer, Lord, of, of receiving you as Savior and Lord, of committing their life, Lord, to you and, and your purpose for their life. Lord, we want to be rich toward you. We want to be rich in God. We want to be rich in relationship with the one who made us and lives to, to fulfill all of your promises and all of the things that you want to happen for us as your family. You're our Father. And we, we thank you that you love us. 
We thank you for your grace that's sufficient for us, Lord. In Jesus' name, I just, I just join every member of this congregation in saying, God, show me how to become rich. Show me to spend my days becoming richer in relationship with you. Show me, Lord, that when you call me to give something that you've, you've blessed me with and you, you call me to give it away, show me, Lord, that, that in giving it away, I'm going to become richer in my relationship with you. And as my life becomes something that, that you can use to attract others, Lord, to, into, into a relationship with you, God, we just pray that your will will be done and that our life will get to shine as, a, as an attraction to you, Lord, to, uh, to, for others to be in rich relationship with you. May, may they see in us that being rich in God is to be rich in love and that love flows through our lives. The powerful love of God. We praise you, and Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. God be with you and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. <clears throat> Worthy of it.